0: Well, it's my privilege to kind of kick off the Christmas season with the first message about Christmas this December. And as I was praying about it, this title came up in my heart. And it's this, the greatest gift, the greatest gift. And then I want to add the greatest gift ever given. It is Jesus himself. Christmas is about Jesus' birthday and he needs to be at the center of this season. So today we're going to reflect upon him and what he came to give to us. He's given his all to us and he wants us to give back to him are everything at christmas time often i begin to uh, reminisce about when i was a kid and one of the things that happened every christmas was that we would have a christmas program at our school and also at our church and down through the years i played many different roles in the pageant you can all see this one for sure i was an angel Many times I got to be an angel. And uh, then there were times when I was married. But I was thinking about this one time. I was really small. But I remember it's just branded in my thinking. I remember this. They got a great big box wrapped it up in Christmas wrapping, cut out an opening for my head and two openings for my arms. And I remember trying to walk out on the stage in this big box. And I don't remember all the lines, but this came to me just this week. This was what I said at the end of the poem that I recited. Jesus, you were the greatest gift ever given. This year, the greatest gift I can give you. And then I went, is me. I was all wrapped up as a gift to Jesus. And I've never forgotten that. That visual comes back to me many times at this time of year. It never fails to remind me that I'm here to give Him my heart. Give Him my life. Give Him my praise and worship. For He is worthy. To give Him my everything. Let's just say it together. Jesus, Jesus. the greatest gift gift I can give you, and then do this, is is me. I give you all of me. Amen. He's worthy, isn't it? Isn't he? Because he gave us his all, he deserves nothing less than our best. Let's make this year and this season about him. About his presence and not so much about the presence that may or may not be under our tree. I love to bless My family and friends. You can ask Pastor Mark. I'm, you know, I'm a giver. I love to to buy things for people and to bless them. But I can say this, speaking from experience, the best gift that you can give those in your life, the best gift that you can give your family, is you. Give them your time. Give them your love. You, uh, many of you that have been in the church for several years, you know we have two sons. And our second son, James, I'll just say this. <laughs> we had a few challenging years with him. That's just a nice, polite way of saying that he, was, he raised a lot of you-know-what. But anyhow, but now he's full of heaven And not the opposite, glory to God. Now he's an amazing man of God, a wonderful husband, a wonderful father, serving Jesus with all of his heart. I like this, um, recently he had an opportunity to speak with Lynette Hagen, which is Pastor Ken Hagen's wife, one of my dear friends. And she looked at James and she said, you know James, you were your mom and mine's prayer project for many years. And then she said, and now your story has helped women around the world. Because I would tell the story, the victory side, amen, of the story oftentimes when I spoke at Kindle the Flame. But just to illustrate the part about how important it is to give ourselves to our families and to be there for them. This was written by James in 2016. And you know, as a mom, I got my tissue. I'll probably cry, but just let me be me, okay? So he wrote this note. Merry Christmas, Mom and Dad. I have gotten a lot of awesome presents from you through the years. A bike, Ninja Turtles, wrestling men, Kathy Lucas. Remember how Kevin and James were into the wrestling men. Anyhow, etc. But looking back... The thing that blesses me the most is and was your faithful and unwavering love given to me every day and at Christmas. You know what? We think it's so important that we buy these extravagant gifts. And again, it's wonderful to be able to bless our families. But the most important thing that we can do is live a life before them. That brings honor and glory to Jesus. To be faithful, to stand in the gap, to be faithful, to offer our supply in prayer. Some of you may be right now where we were a few years ago. With James, but I can tell you, don't give up. God is faithful, He's watching over your labor of prayer, He's watching over those prayers to fulfill them, He's watching over His word to perform it, He's watching over your loved ones to accomplish His plan, His will, and His purpose for their lives. Can I get an amen. Don't get weary in well doing. It's worth the fight. It's worth the stand. Hallelujah. You know the Bible is clear over in Deuteronomy chapter 6. I know some of you, and this is a little side journey, some of you, you did your best. You maybe even raised your children in church, but currently they've gone away from God. They're living an ungodly life. They're not living a lifestyle in which you raised them to live. But I want to encourage you in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it totally says, train up a child in the ways that he should go. And when he is old, what does it say? He will not depart from it. They're coming home. They're coming home. They're coming back. Hallelujah. To the way that they were raised. They're going to come back and they're going to be sitting with you in church, raising their hands and giving God praise for changing their lives. Hallelujah. Like I said, that's a little side journey, but it was good anyway. Amen. So, our faith, our love, and our prayers are the greatest gift. That we can give our loved ones. And we can give to others because Jesus gave to us. Very familiar scripture that we read this time of year is Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be up on his shoulder. We could stop right there and go, oh, thank God. Amen. Amen. The government's on his shoulder. The plan, the will, the destiny of our nation shall be fulfilled. It's on him. It's not on the Democrats. It's not on the Republicans. We got a higher law. We got a higher authority. His name is Jesus. Woo. Amen. We're not talking about that today, but whoo, anyway. And his name will be called, say those words with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's not just what He does. That's who He is. He's mighty. He's our mighty Savior. He's our wonderful Lord. He's our glorious Deliverer. He's our Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. He's our counselor. Anybody need some counsel? Anybody in the midst of needing to make an important decision? Well, you got the counselor living on the inside of you. Call upon him in your time of need. Call and he will answer and he will show you mighty things. He will show you what to do. He will show you where to go. Hallelujah. He's our counselor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But don't you like how that verse starts? Unto us a child is given. He humbled himself. And he became a baby born in a lowly manger. I mean, it would have been humbling for him to come and be born in a palace compared to heaven. But he humbled himself to the degree... Of being born in a lowly manger. He was given unto us. At Christmas time, I love to put out manger scenes and I love to just look at those and see little baby Jesus lying in that manger. There are a lot of people that celebrate Christmas that are not believers and they think that's so cute and oh, look at sweet little baby Jesus in the manger. But too many keep people keep him as a baby. I've told this story, but you know, at Christmas, I get to repeat these stories. I told this story many times, but our oldest granddaughter, who's now 13, so you can see us 10 years ago or so, when she was three, she was having a lot of trouble sleeping through the night. She'd get afraid at night, and she'd go into her parents' room, and she'd say, I don't want to be alone. I want to sleep with you. So they had been teaching her. They started teaching her. Now, honey, you don't have to be afraid at night, and you're not alone. Jesus is with you. So that year, they came up for Thanksgiving. They were at our house, and they were getting ready to leave. And I thought, oh, I want to put out the manger scene with Olivia. So I got the nativity scene out, and we're putting out all the little characters. And the last one was baby Jesus, putting him in the little manger. And I said, this is baby Jesus. And I know she kept looking at me and she kept saying, he's a baby. Yes, Jesus came as a baby. This is baby Jesus. Well, so a few nights later, John calls me and he says, wow, mom, thanks. I'm like, what for? You know, you're welcome. I always do good things for you. But it didn't sound like that kind of a thanks. And anyhow, he said, so last night, Olivia woke up afraid again. She came into our room, and I said, Now, honey, remember, you don't have to be afraid. Jesus is with you. But Olivia, with her big brown eyes, said, Yeah, but what good is that? Grammy said he's a baby now. She's thinking, How's this little baby going to help me and do any good? So John was saying thanks Mama." I said I'm sorry I didn't have the time to tell her the whole salvation story y'all were leaving but too many people see him the same way Jesus is not a baby anymore he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the mighty savior He is our soon coming king. Hallelujah. Amen. So today we just want to take a few moments and look at some of these things. The greatest gifts that Jesus gives to us. There's so many. We're just going to highlight three. But I like this scripture that talks about how wonderful these gifts are. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The most indescribable gift that he has given us is salvation or eternal life. Let's look at a very familiar scripture, but I want to read it out of the Passion. John 3.16 in the Passion. For this is how much God loved the world. He gave us his one and only unique son as a gift. We're talking about the greatest gift ever given. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. How many in here today have experienced everlasting life? You've invited the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into your heart. Hallelujah. God gave us heaven's best, His precious Son to redeem us. God so loved that He gave. Jesus so loved that He came. The gift of salvation is a free gift Aren't you glad it's not dependent on our works or on our good merits? Absolutely not. It's free. Whosoever will call Upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus came to give us this wonderful, everlasting, abundant life. Hallelujah. He's always been into abundance. In the beginning, God created the Garden of Eden and he intended for man to be abundantly provided for. We know that Satan came. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. As a matter of fact, that's what John 10.10 says in the Amplified. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Why did Jesus come to start a new religion? No. Why did Jesus come? He came to give us life. And that Greek word there is zoe. Zoe. And it literally means the God kind of life. He came to give us life as God has it. The God kind of life. How do you think they're doing in heaven? I think they're doing pretty good. How about that? That's the kind of life that he came to give us. The enemy's purpose is clear. We see that. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus is the giver of life. And I like how it says he came that we might have and enjoy life. Are you enjoying your life? Are you having a good time in Jesus? Everything may not be perfect in your life. I'm sure it's not. It's not perfect in my life, but I'm still having a good time. I'm still enjoying life because I've got the giver of life on the inside of me. One definition of enjoy is to relish. You think about that. What in the world? To relish? Well, what, think about this. You can eat a hot dog plain. You can eat a hamburger plain. Or you can add a little relish, a little condiments on it. What does it do? It gives some flavor to it. It spices it up a bit. That's what Jesus came to do. He wants you to have a spicy life. He wants you not to have a dry, boring, dull life. He came that we would enjoy life to the full. Till it overflows. Hallelujah. Let Him put a little relish in your life. Let Him put a little happy in your life. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. There's a lot of people right now that are completely oppressed. There's sadness all around. There's sorrow and oppression all around. But by us, just being a carrier... Of the life of God. By us just walking around with a smile on our face. We can change the atmosphere where you work. You can change the atmosphere in your home. Hallelujah. Just enjoy life. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Learning to tap into what God has provided for us. Abundant! Aren't you glad it uses that word? And have it in abundance. Not abundance of problems, not abundance of gloom and agony and despair, but abundance of joy, an abundance of happiness, an abundance of the goodness of God. We don't have this translation, but John 10, 10, in the voice. Let me read this last line. I came to give life with joy. I came to give life with joy and abundance. I love that. Life with joy and abundance. Abundance. Glory to God. We're going to look at joy here in a little bit, but one definition of joy, I got to share it now. The inner passion, excited by the expectation of good. What are you excited about? What are you expecting? What are you expecting this Christmas season? What are you expecting in 2023? Are you expecting a lot of bad news? Are you expecting lack? Are you expecting sickness and disease? No, I'm expecting a good life. I have a confident, favorable expectation of good. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the future. Are you? Because I know... That my God just gets better and better and better. He's a God of progression. He's not a God of regression. He's not going to drag you through the muck and the mire and push you down and make you feel like an unworthy worm. No, He's the glory. And He's a lector up of our heads. If you don't get anything else out of this message today... Remember this, Jesus, the greatest gift ever given, causes you to rise up, causes you to look up. Hallelujah. Causes you to be full of overflowing joy. Amen. If you'll tap into it, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Yeah, you got to tap into it. Praise the Lord. I got to tap into a drink of water. Hallelujah. Another gift that he came to give, and we read it in Isaiah 9, 6. He is the Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Somebody in here today needs peace. Your mind's just been all over the place. Tormenting thoughts are barraging your mind. You need to receive peace today. John 14:27 this is something that Jesus said if you're looking in your actual bible it's written in red in the amplified peace i leave with you my own peace i now give i never say this word right bequeath to you whatever that is not as the world gives do i give to you now this part's so important Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. This will speak right here. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. That part where it says, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. What's the understood subject there, class? You. God can't do that for you. You have to make a decision. I'm not going to let that person at the grocery store agitate me. Or that clerk at the mall. Or my family who's laying on the couch and not helping me cook these cookies. I'm not going to let that disturb me. It's very easy to get agitated and disturbed. One of the keys to staying in peace, particularly this time of year, is don't set unrealistic expectations. If your kids or your mate has never ever washed a plate, don't expect them to run in there and clean up after christmas dinner don't set unrealistic expectations i'm not pointing fingers my husband's been very helpful lately praise the lord (laughs) yes he has but being we can set ourselves up for disappointment and then we get agitated when people don't fulfill those expectations. You know this time of year, and I'm sure I have some other Hallmark watchers in here, I like to watch Hallmark movies. And Pastor Mark, he's even watched some with me. Yay. But you know what? Hallmark movies are not real. Here's a newsflash. Your family is probably not going to be out playing in fake snow, all wearing matching outfits, loving and hugging and each other it's not gonna happen your kids are probably not never gonna cry or you know the, do the best Christmas photo that's ever been on the face of the earth and you know if you're single I just hate to tell you break this news but that old boyfriend from high school is probably not gonna call you and propose <laughs> it's unrealistic expectations don't set yourself up for it amen that will cause you to get agitated everything's not going to be perfect the cookies might get burnt the turkey may be dry but so what go ahead and just stay in peace and rejoice and enjoy your family we're the ones in control and you know these thoughts are going to come that are going to try to disturb your peace but it's a choice Colossians chapter 3 in the Amplified, it says, And let the peace, soul harmony, which comes from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in our minds. In that peaceful state, to which as members of Christ, one body you were called. Be thankful and appreciative, giving thanks to God Amen. always. Amen. Decide and settle <clears throat> with finality Finality Amen. all questions that come to your mind. Amen. My sweet, precious mother, she died when I was only 21 years old. And that first Christmas without her, she died in January of 1976. And that next Christmas, it was so hard. I had so many questions. Why, why, why did this wonderful, sweet, godly woman, this mother that all five children we needed, my two younger brothers were still at home. Why, why, why? And you know what? asking why is never going to produce peace I know there's people in here you've had loved ones that have gone home to be with the Lord recently and as you begin to gather for Christmas celebrations and there's going to be an empty chair it's real easy to go down that trail why did they leave so early or why did this happen folks We will probably on this side of earth never understand the whys of life. But we can choose to stay in peace. We can say, Lord, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why my relationship is estranged with my family or my children. I don't know why. But I'm choosing to still trust you. Lord, regardless, I know you're good. I know you're faithful. And for those of you that have lost a loved one, because he lives, hallelujah, I'm facing the future. And because... He lives. I know they live. They're living more alive today than they've ever been. And soon, and very soon, we're all going to be reunited as that family of God that keeps you in peace. Let peace settle those thoughts that come. And that scripture in the amplified says let it act as an umpire. If these thoughts come that are disturbing your peace and you're starting to get go down that road of despair and depression, you need to let peace be the umpire. What does an umpire do? You're out of here. You're out. He either call safe, is that safe? You're safe. You can tell. I've gone to a lot of baseball games, but usually I'm eating hot dogs with relish on them. I'm not paying attention. (laughs) So when those thoughts come, you can either go safe, that's a God thought, or you can go out of here. Practice doing out of here. Out (laughs) of here. And don't be so overwhelmed and concerned with, well, you know, that's not a good thought. I can't think that. I can't think that. I can't think that. Instead of going down that road, do this instead. Replace it with God thoughts. You might be getting together with relatives, and you always got that one uncle, Uncle Jack. I used to call him Uncle Joe, but I know a Joe, so I won't do that. Uncle Jack. <laughs> that comes up to you and says, Do you remember when we used to go out drinking and partying? Do you remember? You know, when we did this, we did drugs, we did this, we did that. Do you remember all the bad things we did together? Well, you have a choice. You can either look at him and say, That person who did that is dead, and freak Uncle Jack out, because you are, that person is dead. Or you can change the subject, say, Ooh, is that Grandma's sweet potato pie that I'm smelling? Change the subject. But don't take the thought. Don't walk away saying, you know, Uncle Jack is right. I was really a rascal. I did this and I did that. I know I hurt mama and I hurt this person. No. Instead of going down that avenue, say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Though my sins were as scarlet, now they're white as snow. I'm under the blood, the precious blood. Hallelujah. We can make a choice as far as the east is from the west. So far hath he removed my transgressions from me. Get your arsenal ready before you get there with those relatives and don't take those thoughts. Replace them with God-given thoughts that will keep you in peace. The Bible even says that in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you want to stay in perfect peace this holiday season? Think thoughts. Think thoughts. Fill your heart with the goodness of God. Take time in His presence to be saturated with Him, with the anointing. Hallelujah. Remind yourself who He is, but remind yourself who you are in Him. Peace. Peace, perfect peace. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Whole, wholeness. Hallelujah. Wholeness, we thank you Lord for that. Wholeness today. In our spirits, in our souls, and in our bodies. Because you (laughs) are the Prince of Peace. Amen. There's really a presence of peace in here today. But don't fall asleep. We're not quite done. (laughs) Peace. What a precious gift. And then we'll just spend our last few moments on this one. Again, there's so many more. And we could preach a month on each one of these. But we're highlighting them today. Joy. Joy. The message that the angels delivered to the shepherds that night Jesus was born was accompanied with great joy. I encourage you to read the whole Christmas story account in Luke chapter 2, but we're only going to look at verse 10 today out of the Passion. Luke 2, 10. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you... What kind of news? Good news. Good news. The most joyous news the world has ever heard. And it is for everyone, everywhere. Doesn't that send a thrill in your heart? Good tidings of great joy was the message of the angels on that first Christmas so many years ago. Good news. Great tidings of great joy. And then I loved how that says this. This joyous news... Has been. It is for everyone, everywhere. Whoo! Jesus coming to be the Lord and the Savior, the Redeemer for everyone, everywhere, truly is the most joyous news anyone has ever heard. The words to that beautiful Christmas carol written by Isaac Watts way back in 1719 still ring true. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy that Jesus has come. He came to earth with one mission in mind, to come into every heart. Let earth receive her king. It doesn't say let the Jews receive their king. I hope they do. But it's let earth, everyone, everywhere can receive this joyous good news. He's not willing that any should perish. Joy. To the church? No. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Have you opened your heart to him today? Are you still enjoying the joy of your salvation? The busyness of this season and life in general can still that joy. The joy of knowing Jesus. I want to encourage you once again. Psalm sixteen eleven says in his presence is fullness of joy. You start feeling yourself getting weary. You start sensing that joy gauge tipping over toward E. Just say, Okay, family, we're not I'm not cooking tonight. We're having pizza. It won't kill your kids to eat pizza or McDonald's once in a while. Mama needs to go fill her joy tank. I'm going to get in the presence of the Lord. In His presence is fullness. Fullness of joy. Why do we need joy in our lives? Why do we need joy this time of the year particularly? Well, we all know the answer to that. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord Is our strength. There's been plenty of opportunities the last couple of years particularly for people to lose their joy. This pandemic hasn't been kind to a lot of folks, a lot of families, a lot of businesses, a lot of companies. Lots of people don't hardly even smile anymore. But we're not going to allow the circumstances of life To rob us of our joy. Joy is not dependent on what's going on out here. Joy is a spiritual force. A force that will flow out of us. Change situations. Change circumstances. Change people's lives. Change their attitudes. Hallelujah. So as we get ready to close today, I just want to encourage you to stir up that joy that's on the inside of you. The psalmist David said it over in Psalms 51:12. Restore! Everybody say restore. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Why did he say that? That means that it can get, it can wane. It can drain. Things that happen can cause that joy to leak out of us. If it's been a long time since you had a big hearty belly laugh, you know, go go rent a funny movie, a clean funny movie or, or an old joke book. Whatever you got to do just to start out by faith. I'm going to get my laugh back. I'm going to get my song back. I'm going to get my joy stirred up. On the inside of me. I'm going to close by telling you a funny story. And many of you have heard this. But Pastor reminded me of it the other day. How many of you ever heard the story about Chippy? Chippy the parakeet. So Chippy the parakeet. He was a nice little parakeet. He sang all the time his, his uh, owner loved him so much but one day she decided you know I need to clean the feathers and the junk out of the bottom of his cage and he's sitting up on his perch, he'll be fine so she took the little nozzle off of the vacuum cleaner and she starts cleaning the bottom of his cage out and the phone rang, back in the day you know when you actually had to go answer the phone she turns around to go get the phone whoops, just like that she raised the nozzle up Chippy was gone sucked into the vacuum cleaner. So she quickly unzipped the bag of the vacuum cleaner and there he was alive and still breathing but covered with dust. So she grabbed the little bird, took him to the seat, turned on ice cold water, blasted him with ice cold water, saw him shivering. So then she got the blow dryer out, blasted him with heat from the blow dryer, put him back in his cage. The story ends like this. Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. (laughs) And some of you may feel like Chippy. Life hasn't been kind to you. Things have happened. And you've lost your joy. You've lost your song. But today, I believe by the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going to get our joy back. We're going to get our song back. Hallelujah. Stand with me. Hallelujah. We're going to go ahead and just begin to rejoice. And restore unto us, Lord, the joy of our salvation. Hallelujah. Now you may be in here today, you may be watching online, and you have never received the greatest gift ever given. His name is Jesus. Jesus. So I want to invite you as Pastor Tom and the musicians come to the platform, I want to invite you, if you're in here today, And you've never received Jesus. Or maybe you once knew Him. You grew up in church, but you've gotten away from Him. I want to lead us all in a prayer of salvation. Will you do that with me? So just lift your hands and say this. Father God, God, I thank you you for the greatest gift gift ever given. given. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I thank you for coming to this earth as a little baby but that you grew up and you became the savior of the world and I receive you into my life today I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth you are my Lord you are my savior I give you glory Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I think we can just spend a few moments. Hallelujah. We're going to rejoice in the Lord. But, you know, I just sense this in my heart that there are people that it has been a really, really rough season. And I don't want to make light of that by telling you that story about Chippy, but it's a good illustration that you've been through a tough season and you just want some agreement today. If you want to come to the front, we'll just agree with you. And everybody else in here is just going to stir up that joy. But if you'd like agreement in prayer, you know, that things will be restored. Things will turn around. Sickness and disease leave you, leave your family, financial lacks got to go. If that describes you in any way, fashion, or form as we begin to worship the Lord, I'm going to invite you to come to the front but everyone in here we're going to go ahead and we're going to rejoice in the lord our god hallelujah we rejoice in you today lord thank you for the joy of this season glory to god.